Clint McCommon, welcome to the 3180 show. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me as part of it. This is a really cool program. Thanks a lot, man. Um, we're, we, like I've told a lot of our guests, we're going to get you in for more of a long form when we have the studio space again. Um, I'm not the hugest fan of the telephone quality that we're getting, but it's better than it's better than not doing it. And we're talking to some folks that are doing some really cool things around Shreveport. Um, you know, not only have we talked to Thomas Presley and Grant Knuckles, uh, who are very knowledgeable about the subject, um, but uh, we've talked to a nurse, Charlie Buehlman. We've talked to Blake Jackson, who's kind of had to reformat what he does as a bakery. And you also uh, have been very you know, instrumental in, in helping a lot of folks who are without work get paid. So tell us what Fairfield Studios is up to and, uh, and what gave you the inspiration to do this. Well, um, I wish it was my original idea uh, so I could take credit for it and brag about it. But it, it was a genesis, uh, you know, when the shutdown started happening, a lot of musicians instantly lost all their work for at least two months. And for them, some of them, it's their full-time living. Some of them, it's a, it's a partial income, but that's their income to, to maintain their way of life, pay their bills. And I saw where some were starting to do our live streams. And then Logan Lewis and John Hoffman came to me about using our stage for doing one. And even then, it was like they wanted to bring the cell phone to have the stage so it looked a little better than someone's living room. And um, that's how I thought, you know, well, we have a sound system here. We have cameras. Let's just live stream and make it look really nice and give you guys a leg up and an advantage people are scrolling on their social media so I actually stop and pay attention and hopefully more viewers means more tips. And then while we saw it, I said, well, if I do this for y'all, then why do I can't do this for more? It's a, it's a really great lifeline. Now, there's some like Vincent Hall who's figured out a great radio from home and he's doing a great job. Haley Brooks doing a great job, but others just don't have the technology at their house as far as like doing a sound system or have the camera or a way to make it look nice. So it's worked out really well. And we've had 23 live streams now. And they've raised a lot of money overall. Now, individually, it's not making their month, but it's helping them make do. Helping them pay, some of them have managed to pay their rent, some have paid for groceries. So it has been beneficial. And I'm very, I feel very privileged that we're able to offer that service. And that's, that's awesome. Right. What, when did you, when was your first live stream? It was a Thursday, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. It was a three city trio. So a few days after the governor announced the shut shutdown order. Yeah, it was pretty fast. Um, maybe March Thursday, March nineteenth must have been the first one. Oh man, we've been at this for about a month now, huh? I don't know. I think that it's all kind of sort of running together because we've done so many. Um, but I have to say, you know, I, I, I jumped on it to yeah, we'll live stream and then realized that Fearful Studios doesn't have a, we're not, a, our business player isn't live stream. We're more of a scripted screen video company and we didn't even have the technology in our building to do it right. Uh, so I had, I called a young, uh, young pro entertainer, Brent Latin, who's an awesome member of our community and also has a great video company. They do a lot of live streams and he immediately said, yes, come over. He, he showed me his equipment so we had to use it. And so I was able to now stream it live from our cameras. It's a little different, you know, from the cell phone. You have to have, for cameras, you have to have a way to interface and then a way to, it allows me to add graphics and things like that. And then we called Scott Crane, another videographer in town, and he has a switcher, which allows us to use more than one camera. So it, those two people allowed us 
the three of us together were able to make this possible. Because, you know, we had the stage and the cameras, we had the sound system, um, but we didn't have the actual little piece of equipment that made the difference. Man, that's uh, Brent. Brent's an awesome guy. We had him on the show uh, a couple of months back, and mm-hmm. he's definitely a whiz kid when it when it comes to you know not only what you guys do with the with the video, but with um with technology too. I mean, I, I think he's got. I think we've got a few years on him too, though, Clint. Yeah, he's, I'm a little jealous of him. He's, he's, <laughs> he's about thirty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he's gonna overtake us a little while, and I'm really mad about that. You know, young pros has come to us for help in the past and we've used them, you know, and it shows that even in our, even in the video marketing world, it's not a huge market, we're able to share and work together and it's strong. Yeah, and I don't know if you have that in a much larger market. I think, I think a town like Shreveport is kind of perfectly situated and perfectly sized to, um, to share and share alike in a, in a situation like this. I mean, like, you know, mm-hmm. it's not, yeah. For those who don't know, what does Fairfield Studios do on a on a routine basis when when coronavirus isn't attacking the world? Uh, our main business model is uh, strict screen video creation, which is for marketing for business. Our main customers are small to medium-sized businesses, you know, that don't necessarily have their own marketing department or especially not their own video department, and then you make video content for whether it's for the social media dissemination or for their webpage, sometimes TV commercials, sometimes video conference, but it's usually where, you know, they come to us with an idea or want an idea. We write a script, we produce the video, direct it, edit it, and put it out on a planned schedule. Um, we don't do a lot of live events and um, things like weddings. And, you know, there's, there's different ways to use a camera to make money, and ours is the script of screen creative. Yeah, and you guys, you guys have a pretty sweet studio on Fairfield. I've been back there before, and uh, it looks very small on the outside, but it goes back deep. Yeah, so it's like a little hidden secret, and we like to keep it that way as much as possible. <laughs> yeah, no, we no, I, I, that's kind of a joke. But we we don't like obviously it's hard to do walk-ins because we're so small. We just don't have like a reception type or a tours type thing. Um, so it, you know, most of our business is by appointment. Um, but we but we did take on uh, thanks to Katie Larson. She made us a satellite gallery for one of her for her artists. So we have a little Fairfield gallery. So we do have the front door open all the time, so we'll come in and see the artists and their work. Um, which it changes a little bit, but we we like it. We like to be able to you know support the art and support our Gore Borealis as best we can. Well, what got you into this business to begin with? Uh, it's a family business. Uh, I, I, uh, I got out of the Air Force in 2009, and I was looking for civilian work. And my dad had started Spiritual Studios, or different versions of it, a long time ago. He was a professional photographer, and kind of, he used to have like a career ADD, where he, I'm going to do photography, I'm going to do music recording, I'm going to do camera video work, I'm going to do crew, I'm going to build camera equipment. And so he just kind of built this uh, infrastructure of a company so he wasn't very much about outreach to people and marketing and growing a business. He just wanted to, he just wanted to do the work. And so he asked me to come, and my brothers were still teenagers at the time, um, come and help keep the company moving forward. He had a great business partner who was supporting him, but he was really busy. So I came with the intent of helping build a marketing and business plan and get them moving 
and try to like not get involved with the technical aspect. Yeah, but, and, you know, and skills and military discipline and, and like, yeah, you know, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I had a very great advantage with that because in the military, I was my main job so that I did was um, air traffic control, but it was airport inspections. I would take a team to an airport in different places in the world and inspect the airport for suitability for our military aircraft and for our civilian aircraft. It was a very cool opportunity I had. And so with video production, the same thing. You take a team of people to a certain location, do a job, bring them back. So I, I, I walked into the Brewster role really easily because it was very very familiar to me. And over time, I learned to love the art of camera work, with lighting, camera movement, and storytelling. And I got engaged in to the work. And, you know, over a decade later, I'm doing the business. And I, I really love it. I was never going to pick it. Wasn't part of my five to fifty year plan, but it pays my bills now, and I get to do what I love. Yeah, and, and I, I will say that you and I have uh, done some work together over the years, and it's, it's the production quality is always fantastic. Um, so I, I've appreciated your work, and I know that you. I, di- I didn't realize that you entered into that business not being a creative type, so to speak. I mean, obviously you are a creative type, but it was never your intention to take over as much of the creative role as you seem to have taken over. No, I, I didn't either, but I love it. Uh, my John Wack look, that people call it, kind of throws people off. They don't realize that I was in the military for 12 years. <laughs> but I was very proud of what we, you know, what I did and proud of what I do now. And it worked out, you know, because I have this company and we have the cameras, we're able to, even though, you know, I'm not getting paid for this, but I'm able to, but I'm also not a rich person. I can't donate lots of money to buy medical equipment or, or food for people, but I can offer my service. And a lot of people in our community are doing that. And so my service is opening up our building and let people come on stage and do their art and get money for their, their living while this crisis is happening. Yeah, man, that's, when when the when the shutdown was ordered, I realized that people were really going to have to get creative and get out of their comfort zones, and I, I really had no ideas. I mean, I I consider myself somebody that can come up with some ideas on the fly, but I, I really felt like I was uh, I was at a loss for ideas. And then you know you get on Facebook and you you start talking to some other folks in the community, and um, you know a, basically a new company like three one eight curbside eats pops up to get, you know, get donations from one group and then buy from local restaurants and deliver to local healthcare providers. And then you and Brent both have video production companies and you were utilizing your skill set and your tools toolkit to broadcast folks that would otherwise be in bars and restaurants or clubs playing music. Comedy, you did, you broadcasted a comedy, uh, set. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, just, I don't know. I, I was very impressed with all the, the, the creative minds that, that popped up at, in the middle of this thing. And I know it hasn't, it hasn't a hundred percent supplemented folks income, but it's something, you know, it's something. You know, it's, yeah. And you're, and you're part of the circle, you know, you're part of helping out before there was trouble and you're still helping out now. And there's a circle of people that I really admire doing stuff, you know, step it up. You know, there's a choice you can make. You, you can hunker down and wait for it to end and just kind of look out for yourself. You can be negative and say all kinds of negative things on social media and bring down, people's mood or you can be like the circle I, I, I like being a part of it look we can't change what the virus is doing and cause them to happen around us but we can do something to help out whether it's these small little things whatever we're capable of you don't, you don't have to be but you know we, we all can't be the doctors and nurses living in like they are I mean that, that's 
that that's a career they they pick and they are really stepping up in a way that we can't understand. But we, so I, you know, but we can do what we what our skill sets allow us to do in our community. And small little things, things like Michael Harrell doing with this with this studio providing supplies and people making masks. You know, it's, it's just a community that steps up, holds itself up, and I love that. Would tell me more about uh, what Michael Harrell, Micah Harrell's doing. Uh, well, Michael Harrell, uh, you probably most people know him. He's a, he's a character, runs red-handed tattoo. He's also a musician, but uh, he obviously had to close down business because of the, the shutdown. But his building is really community located it's right near Brookshire on King's Highway, and he has bought supplies on his own at first, using his own money, and now he's taking donations to buy toilet paper and sanitizer, and he's giving it out to people in need. Wow. Um, and he got water. He got really water too, like you know, clean water. And I don't know how it works, honestly. I talked to him on the phone uh, about it, but like you know, if you need something, um, you get a hold of Micah, and you go by there and you can pick it up. And you know, he just had a major heart attack like a year ago, and so he's like immunocompromised probably. So he's taking a enhanced risk because if he does get COVID nineteen, maybe one of them is struggling possibly. So, you know, he's all masked up, gloved up and stuff, but uh, he's trying to do his part. Well, um, tell me more about uh, Fairfield Studio. Nobody's getting charged for the studio time. That, that When you guys set them up on a stage and, and start live streaming them, you're not uh, charging for studio time or you get taking donations or what? No, um, we don't take any money for it. In fact, when people come here, they give us their Venmo, PayPal, GoFundMe information. We put that on the screen, so no money comes through Fairfield at all. And I'm trying to keep it that way, um, as long as the price is happening. You know, we we, we lost a lot of our business, so we do need work. Uh, but we also have free time, and we <laughs> so it, it is something that we decided to do. And you know, and we keep it a very small cadre. Like it's John Chambers and myself most time, and we have a couple of us a bigger band like Brandon Pruitt and Michael Jackson and Del Mix. And we had some guys volunteers, Patrick Petty volunteered with uh, John Luke uh, McFarland and they uh, provided lighting um, for like the bigger shows so it looked better but no, I, I don't want to take money for it because they're, they're barely like I said some shows might raise a good amount of money but if I take some off the top of that then that's just less money for them I don't want to deter people from wanting to do this and take away from their living because like so they lost everything a lot of them have and so it didn't feel right and it's, it is fun for us and I have to be honest, it was a, there was an unintended, unintended consequence or benefit was that when we started doing this, people started talking about it. And, you know, we have you calling through this interview. I've been on, we've been on the news a couple of times. Uh, there's, a, there's a print article about us coming out and then we're going to do the podcast. So we've gotten a lot of uh, goodwill marketing from it, name recognition. Our, our following has jumped by a thousand and over the couple of weeks that we've been doing it. So we have got the benefit from the goodwill type company doing something nice with anything. And so I'm, I hope, you know, months from now, two months from now, that will pay off with companies that will hire us and they say, hey, you guys are doing a live stream for, for charity. Well, we want to work with you because you're nice people. So we will get a benefit that way. And I'm not going to turn it down. <laughs> I, I need work too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what are you doing with the footage? Are you you're recording the footage as well as as well as live streaming it? I, I we're not recording at the camera, 
um, that, that, that may so require storage and editing in the future if we wanted to do anything. But we are keeping the footage from the live stream and we're downloading it and we're going to re-release it like on IGTV again and the artists have, have access to it so they can keep it and use it for their own stuff in the future. Um, so that's, it, it's going to exist in the world. And it's, on, and it's on our Facebook. If you go to our Facebook right now, you can go all the way back to 353 on the first show and you can watch it again. And if, and all those donation links are still active, you know, you know the, the, the shutdown is still happening. So these musicians are still, and other artists are out of work. You know, we had like the, and some of the, like, I will say some of the people that perform have jobs and they have been really cool and donated the money to other people. Like when Old Whiskey Revival did their show here, they donated a lot of the money to the great wrestling raiser. So did the two comedians last night. No, sorry, two comedians last night, they, they donated money to the Q Tavern servers. And Logan Lewis did a show where he went to with the Double Savage. He did another show last Thursday where the money almost appeared to the with servers. So some people are being altruistic using their music to raise money for others, not just for themselves. And that's really neat. Yeah, that's, uh, I, I, I guess the biggest fear with something like this was that it would bring out the worst in folks. But I, I think I've talked to Grant about this, that it seems to, um, seems to be acting conversely. I've seen, uh, more conscientious behavior among folks around town and more caring behavior. I think people, I hate to say this, but sometimes when uh, a crisis like this happens, people better align their priorities. Yeah. So I, I think that's really amazing. And we should really, this is a time, when you, when you look to people in your community and your leadership and see how they act when it really matters. It's, they can't, it's not optional or, you know, there's, there's, a, there's real people in need and you can't deny it. And like I said, there's, there's choices people make at this time. And the ones in our community have stepped up and done great things on a, across a many different ways, you know, and been positive and helpful. Those are the ones you got to, you know, stick to and put, keep in your circle. And, Know that when things are when things count, they're the ones that come through, and we have a lot of those in this area, and I think people should be proud of that. Well, uh, give us some um, if if you if you care to give us some highlights of what you've been able because you're getting a front row seat to all this. I imagine I'm, I'm sure you're in the studio while these are being recorded, right? Yeah, and it's that, that part of, it's it's fun. Um, sometimes the, the sound like we don't mix the sound for the room. Um, it, it goes, it, we mix it to go out to the to the your Facebook, the two channel. So it's not the greatest sounding in the world, but it's still fun to be there and watching these guys. Most of them I've known or seen over time. Um, so it is enjoyable. It, it's, uh, it's great for musicians too. A lot of them haven't performed in a month or more, you know, and so for them to get on stage again, even though it's not a bar or a restaurant or someplace with a crowd they're used to, it still feels good to perform for people, even if they are online watching them. It's a very austere setup. You know, we have a table with all our with all our uh, streaming set up and then our cameras and then we're, we're about 10 feet away from the stage and then we have our, our big stage and you know musicians go up there and it's just sometimes it's one musician and me or one musician or a couple in John Chambers um, we have a sound guy and we have this little isolation booth that we, we would do vocal recordings where we can go and monitor the sound to see what it sounds like going out to the world um, but it, it definitely is fun I do enjoy it um, we're, you know, we're using our craft, you know, we're not, you know, just because we're not getting paid for something doesn't mean we just can't enjoy it. And we know we're doing something good. Um, and some of the shows have been really, you know, for me, I, I don't get to see 
all these groups perform some of the original music and then realizing the talent just kind of reinforces the idea that we have so many talented artists in this area that we're very fortunate. And so hopefully people will appreciate it. They get to see them for the first time on Facebook and say, hey, this guy's in LUMA. They're really good. I should go see them when they're playing at Maryland's place when it opens back up again. And, you know, hopefully they'll get some more support, grow some more fans. And for those who have their own musical albums, but people will actually go on, go on iTunes and stuff and say, hey, look, good spirits. These guys are really good. I want to buy their music. And I'll help support them another way. I hope I'm not rambling too much. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. I, um, I'm, I'm, I'm just jealous that you're getting to see live music in your, in your studio every day. Like I'm, I'm looking at four walls in my office and, uh, and yeah. getting legal work done every day. And, uh, and I'm blessed to be in, in private practice and, you know, theoretically be employed. I'm, I guess I'm employed by myself, but at the same time, I've got work to do and I've got clients that need work done. So, um, but so many folks out there, so many folks that, um, that uh that you usually think of as having very secure employment um uh and then you know and then the, there's folks you know if you know how to bartend if you know how to play a guitar you know you can always make a little bit of cash in there right not right now mm-hmm. like not you can't right yeah. now i mean just because you've been waiting tables for 20 years doesn't mean you can make any money right now and that that's a that's a crazy reality i agree um yeah but it's a once every hundred year type of event and you know, no, no one can plan for everything. You know, usually you think when things go bad, it's the Wall Street or the bankers that get hit and bailed out. Now we're bailing out musicians with endless checks and uh, unemployment benefits, um, which I'm glad they made it where it's possible for self-employed to qualify for some of that. Yeah, for sure. What uh, What's your next show coming up? Uh, tonight we have uh, Ghostlet. Oh wow! Um, yeah, Jacob from Dakota. They they're a music prize finalists. Uh, two years ago or a year ago, they, they, they were up in 51. They're really talented. And tomorrow night, we're, we're bringing on Drozzy, Outlaw Drozzy Wells and that girl DJ. Um, Saturday, you know, we actually have things up within you. <laughs> I put a schedule up. We have a lot of shows coming up. Uh, Dakota Clark's band is playing Saturday. Sunday, um, is we're doing actually the house concert. I don't just add in, you know, the reason our stage is still up. It says, you know, 20-something years ago, he started the Frequent House Concert Series. And that's been a monthly thing going on the whole time, bringing singer-songwriters from all over, come play out at the stage here. So, I guess about 60 to 80. And um, well, the Sunday nights usually, right? Yeah, Sunday nights. Usually at Fairfield Studios, we host it. the nonprofit that runs it. And so, we're going to try to do a live stream with them. They're doing it with local music. Just to help, you know, keep that name alive and raise a little money for themselves, hopefully. Uh, they are a nonprofit. They want to bring in other artists in the future. So they have they have funding to pay for the musicians. So the musicians that come here that night are going to get paid. I know I've been rooting for the headliner for that night. And he's been doing a great job running his own little uh, studio uh, live streams and keeping, you know, doing some great shows. Oh, I know I think I was thinking about when this is, when the, the whole uh, social distancing is eased and we're, we're pretty sure there's not going to be a threat of another second wave of outbreak. I do want to keep these live streams going to the studio to allow people to bring fans in the audience. And we might transform the model. We'll be careful to we'll give a little money for it at that point. So bands will perform live to an audience, but also stream it live so they have a bigger audience. So you'll definitely have to be come to that. Yeah, that yeah. sounds pretty exciting. I mean, is, is this, I mean, obviously you've kind of retooled and reformatted uh, to help others. I mean, like not, not necessarily to, to pivot in your business, but has this kind of 
shed any light on the way you do business or the way to, to either get leaner or change plans or change directions moving forward in, in Fairfield Studios and what you do for a living? Well, I think just recognizing the how the uh, online streaming has helped through this crisis has made a lot of people realize it's a tool they can use more often, you know, and not, not just for live concert events, live churches, I mean, just for businesses, for doing uh, educational seminars and stuff like that. They've done stuff similar, but I think there's a possibility that the stream will continue and there'll be a more of a demand for it. And so when Young Crows gets really busy, we'll pick we'll help pick up the slack with them and hopefully it'll be a growing market. So being able to produce content for online interactive. I think what I like about the live stream versus do we even live stream a couple episodes of uh, uh, our TV show did last year, Strange Through Live, because the members couldn't perform on stage because of COVID-related technical. Like, when the first one was Star Chamber, Amanda had breast, uh, breast cancer surgery, so she doesn't want to be out in public, obviously. So we streamed Star Chamber's Strange Through Live episode as a fundraiser for her. And so that even though it was an episode that we recorded and aired last year, we streamed it live, which allowed for people to make comments and ask questions in the band of participate. And so that's a really neat way to for companies to market and also communicate with their clients. So there is that there is an avenue for us to keep following on that trail and grow our business that way. We're still providing business related services, um, but doing it live. Yeah, you so can. Even, I mean, given time. your expertise that you now have, um, I mean, you could you could probably team up with a lot of businesses in town to set up virtual offices inside their inside their office space. Like, you know, you could be the guy that goes and sets up the technology and makes sure it works correctly. So when they need to video conference, they've got a little small room to go into, hit the button, turn it on, and you know, you guys are servicing in in, in that respect. Uh, because I, yeah. I think what, what you're looking at, like, I'm still uncomfortable with video conferencing. I've never really liked it. Um, but if, if, if for two months you're forced into a box where that's the only way to conduct a deposition, or if that's the only way to have a happy hour of all things, um, or if, if you have a board meeting that really needs a quorum, yeah, you can do a conference call, but we're all so used to surrounding a table and 10 people looking at each other's faces. We're forced into that box now. And now that we're in that box and developing some level of a comfort, um, to it, or maybe not comfort, but at least an acceptance of it, then, then when we're out of this, you're just going to see more of that in day-to-day use, I guess. So I think I think that yeah. market is wide open for you. Yeah, and I see it. We've got, like, yeah, like, like a pre-composed pre, 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 uh, content where, like, like a, one example would be, like, we have a live streaming band here doing a show on the stage, and they're introducing their new music video. So we do a quick little introduction and they play the music video and a lot of people comment and stuff like that. And then spending with businesses, you know, releasing their new product line. And they, they, they're on, they're, they go live and they tell their their internet audience, hey, we have this great new Chevy truck. And then boom, play the content we created and then go back into live. And there's a lot of what, you know, it's almost like making television to Facebook and Instagram and whatever platform Zoom comes around at the time. So, yeah, there's a lot of opportunity there, and you better believe we're going to be aggressive trying to find it when we're allowed to again. Because, like I said, we're one of those businesses that we're hit, and we're going to make it. But we definitely we're going to need some income when, when this is all over. Yeah, you also can come. I mean, it's a lot cheaper to hire you guys to facilitate um, a long distance meeting than it is to get a plane ticket and a hotel room. I mean, 
I, I was talking oh, yeah. to I was talking to a lawyer yesterday about you know he's he's still doing depositions and he has one that he wanted to do that was canceled, but there's a lot of document production that needed to be discussed. And in order to discuss that document production, you need more. Like Zoom has some capability for that, but you know me, man, and I, you know you know me well enough to know that I'm just going to call you and say, hey, man, come set this up at my office. Give me a video camera, and we need to do this deposition where I have 20 documents to go over. How can we do that? And you know how to do that, like. I don't, right? I don't like. I don't want to know how to do that. <laughs> yeah, that or, or like you know, if we do it a few times, and you want to like just you learn the basics. We help you. We help you source the equipment. And you get you get your like a push push blue light to go. Um, that's what that's awful helpful. Um, what I do see happening is there's going to be a change. I think in I think people are really relaxed during the breakdown. If you saw the news about it, there's a court in Florida where the the judge told the lawyers to put some clothes on. Because <laughs> we got a live stream, that's a live stream hearing, and the, like one the lawyer was in her bed with under the covers, and one guy was in like sweatpants. Was, <laughs> you're just gonna dress like a lawyer when you're gonna be on the. Just because you're online doesn't mean you're not, you know, you don't be, you know, why would you not wear what you're wearing to court to be on camera? Well, so, that, that, there I, might I, be some. That's endemic of the profession, I'm sure. Like, I, I, I have a feeling that there hadn't been a lawyer in a suit in the last, you know, month and a half, and except for the ones that are going to emergency hearings. That's the book you can write is, you know, you know, online etiquette for, for, for professionals. Is, you know, wear a suit and tie if it's appropriate for the audience you're talking to, even though they're on, another, you know, another state. Uh, um, that might be funny. Oh, God. All, all social decorum's been thrown out the window at this point. Nobody's even taking showers. Um, I know. <laughs> well, what? Yeah, I know we, we you're a positive guy, just like Blake. I mean, Blake has retooled this aspect of his business, Pen Pals that he's kind of had on the back burner. And I think it's something that he's only talked to maybe a business partner and his wife about. And, you know, he said he was moping around a little bit and his wife was like, Hey, you know, that thing that you've been talking about, why don't you just go do that? Like, you don't need people to do that. You just need, you know, you need a postage stamp and um, a, a, a kitchen. You got the kitchen, you got the boxes, do it. So he's mm-hmm. turned, you know, by all accounts, we're in a negative situation, but he's definitely found the positive lights in it. Um, how about you, from a, a personal standpoint, professional standpoint? What do you see the good parts of the coronavirus and the shut-in-place order? Well, definitely the the seeing the community rise up has definitely been touching. Um, the use of live stream to cope and also help, um, and our ability to take that and make it a positive has been huge for us. You know, we never knew that we knew I could take a camera and help someone pay their bills versus using to make money for myself. It's always been the goal we make videos that people make money off of them, you know, marketing wise, you know, so there's never like, hey, I'm a musician, I don't have an audience anymore, like the bars are closed. So that is a, a new way of, of doing it. But yeah, the stream technology. Um, other positive, you know, I think a lot of people have, uh, not a lot, but a few people have found, like Blake and others, they're doing yourself projects they've been wanting to do for years and never could have because of work. Um, I know there's a certain nonprofit team out there warehouse for the first time in five years. Um, people have painted their houses. People have, uh, so it is. You're right. There, there is opportunity for those who have the ability now, you know, within the shutdown, to do certain projects, you know, to to do them. And and the huge benefit is the air is cleaner everywhere. Yeah, I don't know. It kind of forces you into a different perspective when you're when so much of what you take for granted is taken away. Yeah, but but I, I I tell a lot of people when I do have conversations, you know, that musicians here, and there's, you know, there's only a few of us, but when I do have a conversation, they listen, 
you know, all the good that was in Shreveport, Bossier, in our area before it happened is still here. And the shutdown, while economically sucks, the consequences of not doing the shutdown would have been a lot worse. And the loss of life, you know, the lives are saving. Because it's not just, you know, the shutdown stopped the spread of COVID. It slowed down the, the spread of other diseases. It slowed down car accidents. It slowed down a lot of things that would have been hospital emergencies with lower hospitals a chance to stay out of capacity to help people. And so we're keeping our, our, our workforce alive and healthy. We're keeping... So when things sit back, it's all going to be here. It's not like we went to war and lost people or lost or trees were bombed. There was an earthquake. You know, everything is still there. So it's, as hard as it seems right now, there's a light. You know, we will the, the virus will become manageable at some point, and we'll go back to our lives. The restaurants will open again. There'll be some bankruptcies, and some people who lost their jobs for long term. They'll be going to suffer. And that's, that's it's better than the alternative in, in scale of comparison. So I'm pretty optimistic about the slow roll back into a new normal of life. And I, I think people should seize on that and keep helping each other because, you know, there's, there's, there is hope in the future. We're going to end on that, man. That is a, a, a very positive message and a very, I think it's a very accurate message. Thank you for your altruism and thank you for thinking of all the other folks in town that, that need some help and need a leg up. And, and I really appreciate your creativity and finding a way to make that happen. Uh, and I, and, and doing it so fast. I mean, you didn't, you didn't wait around for a couple of weeks and twiddle your thumbs. Like you, you got on it and, uh, and figured out a way to help. So I really appreciate that. I know a lot of the musicians and, and folks in town really appreciate that. And everybody at home that's being entertained by what you're putting out there is very appreciative of you. Well, thank you. And I appreciate you as well. Let's just keep working together. We're, we're going to do it. I think so. I think Shreveport will be a better place when it's all said and done as well. So um, thanks for talking to us today. And we will uh, we'll see you very, very soon. All right. Thank you. Have a great day. Both of y'all. Take care, man. Bye-bye.